0: all right everybody welcome to unscripted one-on-one and uh from my still basement studios here but as many know we will be moving to the junction in uh old hilliard uh sometime in april but uh for today we are here in the basement and i have another guest for you and uh uh, my guest today is brian tim and i'm just going to actually turn it right over to you let you introduce yourself and uh, we'll just get going right from there
1: hey aaron well thanks so much for having me on you know we met a number of years ago and have stayed in touch and uh uh, it's been a real pleasure but uh i've been a pretty fortunate person to work in sports uh really my whole life uh i went to wittenberg university and played a little bit of football but became a student manager and really you know was a contributor to our football and basketball program at wittenberg this is back in the early 80s Uh, had the opportunity to attend ohio university and get my master's in sports administration and uh uh, the program was an incredible program back when I was in it in the last three or four years, it's been rated the number one program in the world for sports administration. So, so proud of that. And that gave me a great start. My first, uh, my first internship, which turned into, an, into a job was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now I grew up born in Cincinnati, grew up a Reds fan. And some of my best baseball memories were, uh, the Reds beating the Pirates. So walking up the ramp to the dugout of Three River Stadium was, uh, it was awe-inspiring just to be on a major league stadium on the field, but uh, it was kind of the enemy, but uh, I was there six and a half years and, and grew to love the Pirates, and today they're still my uh, 1A favorite uh, favorite team. Yeah. Uh, left there and came to Columbus, and, and since I've been here in Columbus in 1991, I've done a lot of things. I uh, was involved in the Ameriflora project project. Uh, in 1992, actually worked on the project a year before it started and, and that was a great experience. Uh, that led me to WBNS Radio. Uh, was there when our, uh, our um, FAM station went from music to all sports and uh, spent 10 years there. A lot of that with the Ohio State Radio Network selling, uh, selling time and sponsorships on the Ohio State Radio Network. Did a short stint with the Ohio State coaches' television shows I uh, remember the day when I uh, got the call that Jim O'Brien had been dismissed and we weren't sure who was coming in um, and got to work with Thad Mata and uh, we always had a little fun with Thad and he told us once, uh, you guys better be careful. You know, this could have been Bobby Knight sitting here doing the show instead of me. Uh, wow. So we were we were thankful that we had Thad <laughs> in, in the seat that day, those right. days. And, uh, and then I left BNS and came to the Greater Columbus Sports Commission, kind of the founding years of the Greater Columbus Sports Commission. Uh, the Sports Commission is a, is a nonprofit profit uh, in place to uh, drive economic development to Central Ohio through hosting sporting events, uh, high school events, uh, college events, professional events, participatory events, all, all types of events. Uh, spent 14 years there and just uh, this past November started with a great Buckeye, a couple great Buckeyes actually, Megan McCabe and Ryan Miller here at M2 Marketing. Uh, we're a full service marketing agency, but really concentrate on creating websites and web platforms, digital platforms, for those business who want to interact with, uh, with their customers uh, in a digital way. So that's a quick uh, summary of how I got to where we are right here today.
0: Yeah. Well, and so' I'll, I'll take everybody back a little bit to the point where um, that where we met. and that was, like you said about uh, four or five years ago, somewhere in there. And uh, I think the first time we met was at the um, the memorial. And uh, and and uh, we had John Cangelosi with us at the time, and so you and Kanji were able to catch up on some Pirates <laughs> days, uh, which was kind of fun to just listen in on as, as we walked around. But uh, the thing I'll remember most is you were like the mayor at the memorial, like <laughs> everybody knew you, you knew everybody. I mean, who who all did we run into that day? We ran into Clark Kellogg at one point, ran into not into AJ Hawk. Hawk. Uh, yeah. we uh, we went into the house of uh. Uh, Dave Babner for a yeah, while man, sure. um, you know we spent time with a lot of people and they all knew you very well and and, and you could just tell that you were very well respected uh, in that role at that time and, and so um, let's go back to the very beginning what was your passion to begin sports like what what drew you to sports uh, you said you played what was that really what brought you in and said this is what I want to make a career out of
1: yeah I, I really I, I played a, multiple sports when I was in high school um it, it, it was a, a, no, a notation at the sports commission we hosted a lot of the ohsaa state championships here in columbus we're very proud of that but of all of us on staff at the time i was the only one that participated in an ohio high school state championship wow. uh for one year at my beloved troy high school i participated in gymnastics and i did long horse vaulting uh We finished second in the state I believe it was my junior year so. um, So I was in multiple sports as a as a high school person and uh, really uh, was in love with football and uh, had an opportunity to go play at Wittenberg. So my freshman year at Wittenberg, we were number one in the country from the day the season started to the day we lost the Stag Bowl Mm. to to Ithaca College. Uh, I realized that at Wittenberg, uh, we had a great team and a great program. And uh, I realized I was pretty far down the depth chart. And if I was gonna contribute, being a student manager would be the best way to do that. So um, became a student manager and it was while I was at Wittenberg, uh, again, thinking I wanted to stay in sports, thinking maybe I wanted to coach. I got in, I got my degree in, in, in health, and, uh, and, uh, health and phys ed. Uh, At the time, I had the great opportunity not only to meet and become friends with, but work for Coach Larry Hunter, our basketball coach, who was a legend at Ohio University in his own right. So when I applied uh, to get into the program at Ohio University, uh, he was one of my references, one of many. And uh, uh, that's when I really had an excitement of of having a career in sports to go to a program like that, that really prepares you in so many ways for a career in sports. And I really chose... um, professional sports. When you're at Ohio U, you can go into whatever area of sport you choose. A lot of my classmates were involved in college sports, some in PR, some uh, in all kinds of different sports. I was more interested in pro sports. I was more interested in a sales and a marketing role. So took those kinds of classes. And that really is what led me to the Pirates.
0: And so, and, and we, we get a lot of, um, Interns I've worked with over the years that all have a vision. Even high school kids that have this vision, and I always use the example of a Aaron Andrews on the sideline or Kirk Herb Street in the booth. That's a, and I always try to tell them that's a really long process and it's doable, but you really have to be in for the long haul. Would you say that that's true? That that you had to really? There's a lot of years of of no income or working two jobs. I, and I don't know your story specifically, but I know that that's the story of most people. They didn't just arrive and get this opportunity. They had to, to really grind for a lot of years. Would you say that's true?
1: Well, it is true, but I was very, very fortunate. So if you think about the 1984 school year that I was at, uh, at Athens, in Athens for sports administration, there were only five or six or seven programs in the country that had sports administration back then. So today it's totally different. Right. Uh, most schools have some version of an undergraduate or a graduate program. Even the Ohio University program now, it's a two year combined program. You get a master's in sports administration and an MBA. Wow. And uh, while I was at the Pirates, we used to host the class for a field trip. And I'm telling you what, when you see those students in that program now, they are so, so impressive. Um, yeah. So not to say I had it easy, but um, because the power of the program, I got my internship at the Pirates and it immediately became into a job. So there were people who worked years that wanted to get into professional baseball. I went to, you know, got my master's and walked right in. Uh, I I worked with a guy in the sales department who came from the Hawaii Islanders. They were our, our AAA affiliate. He had worked there three or four years and he would sell tickets and park cars and, and seek people and literally do everything. Now he's doing it in Hawaii. I don't know why he (laughs) came to Pittsburgh, really. (laughs) (laughs) No, so I I was very, very fortunate that I was able to, uh, to really get to a professional organization right out of grad school. I I, I don't think that's normal. And and what I tell young people all the time is when you're young, when you don't have the great responsibility you have when you're married and when you're older, take that opportunity to either volunteer, Mm -hmm. take a lower paying job, just do something to to show people your work ethic, to interact with people. So you start to develop your network. Um, When when I was at the Pirates, uh, the community relations person, we had a four person sales team and the community relations person would come into our sales meeting. And we all knew why she was coming. She was going to ask some of us, one of us to go speak here or to go make it up and to do this here. And Everyone's head would look down when she came in. Didn't she? They didn't want to make eye contact. Uh, As a young person, I realized, you know what? If if I if I start doing these, it will just make me a better person, a better salesperson. So I started. I started doing all of them. Mm -hmm. And what I found was, even though I was nobody, Brian Tim, uh, I worked for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I had a business card with the Pirates logo on it. People wanted to hear what I had to say. And of course, back in those days, I was the same age as our players. And and. Really, to this day, have great relationships with a number of our players, like John Cangelosi. Mm-hmm. So, I was able to share some stories uh, uh, about interacting with some of these players, and 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 so those kind of experiences really helped develop me into the, the kind of person that I am today.
0: For sure, and I, I think those years, um, and you said it the, the you just said it the best. You, you know, when you don't have those responsibilities, is really when you take advantage of any opportunity. And then, you know, as you evolve, and it sounds like each step has led to the next one for you. So um, let's go from the Pirates now to Columbus, now to the Columbus Sports Commission. Your time there, what, what did that involve in? How did you watch? How did you see the landscape of sports in Columbus change? Because it's changed dramatically. I've been here 20 years, I think, ish. How have you seen, I know I've seen it change, how have you seen the Columbus landscape of sports change and especially being in a role that was so close to probably a lot of those projects?
1: Well, it's so interesting because it, uh, when I came to Columbus and and spent a year at Ameriflora, that was a a really neat project. But really when I got to BNS Radio, you know, at the time we had the two play-by-play broadcasts of our, our only two sports, Ohio State and the Clippers. Yeah, uh, there was no crew. There was no mm-hmm. blue jackets. So first and foremost, so many sports have now come from uh, uh, all different sports, all different levels of sport. Um, there's so much more to talk about. And and in those days, we played uh, music during the day on 1460 AM. We played yeah. Frank Sinatra during the day. <laughs> and we had what was called one on one sports overnight mm-hmm. and weekends. That was one of the precursors to uh, to talk radio. And um so I saw teams evolve. I saw the city evolve, from a um, not only a team standpoint but from a facility standpoint. Yeah. Uh, when they were building the Schottenstein Center, I was selling BNS or I was selling the radio broadcast, probably once a week. I was taking potential clients over, giving them a tour of the Schottenstein Center. I remember standing in a concrete floor with pillars, saying, "This is going to be a suite. Look at look at the view You're yeah. that you people are going to see." And then uh, I can remember the first time I went to the Shotzi Center for a game and yeah. st- stood in a suite and had a beer. I thought I'm having a beer at a Buckeye game. I, right. It was it was mind blowing. <laughs> right. um, then the Blue Jackets roll in, and, and that's a whole nother level of uh, of excitement and 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 really big time sports for for our community. So mm-hmm. so Columbus has really grown in so many ways. We've grown as a as a sports city in in so many ways, we've grown from a destination. Uh, if uh, boy, you said 20 years, think about 20 years ago, the restaurants we didn't have and the nightlife we didn't have, uh, downtown was dead back in those days. And, and before the pandemic downtown, I, I remember, I think it was 2019. I was down in the short North on a Saturday at one in the afternoon and I could barely get into a place. Yeah. There were so many people out and about. And, uh, um, Columbus was really peaking when the, when the virus hit, it, it was really, a, a, a special time, uh, when you combine all the dining options we had in entertainment and sports, you had transportation with the, the C bus and all the different ways to get around. Um, I really dream about the day we get back to that. I'm not sure we'll ever get back exactly to that, but mm-hmm. I think when we get back to it, it might be better in some yes. ways
0: yeah there's no doubt and i always say that like you can always i traveled quite a bit in a previous life and when i would you could always tell the vibrancy of a downtown when you would walk around if you felt comfortable if it felt clean if it felt safe and columbus has all those boxes like to your point i don't think we came downtown a lot um and i remember shoot i remember watching the clippers over it um what was it called uh still there uh right um (laughs)
1: <laughs> cooper stadium yeah cooper
0: yeah stadium. I, the Clippers stadium you'd think we would know that because they're the clippers but you know it's just old i mean it was you know it wasn't but it wasn't in a great part of town and it just it wasn't surrounded by anything you kind of dropped in went to the game and went out it was like five bucks no big deal and now we have you know a beautiful ballpark right next to a beautiful arena right next to a lot of you know rest downtown has really come a long way you know they host great races. You know back to Dave Babner, he hosts great great races in downtown Columbus and and running events, and it's just a great city to really enjoy and feel safe. And there's a lot that you can do. And so I agree with you. I hope we get back to those things soon because Columbus, downtown Columbus, is really special. It really is. And now that they've uh, redone the um, uh, the Olentangy River area and. Just everything. I mean, it's just COSI, you know, the new vet stadium. I mean, there's so many different things that are really, really nice attractions in downtown Columbus. So I hope we get back to that soon. And uh, sure I know in your role, you probably did we, what did we have that was uh, the the women's final four?
1: Well, you know, going way back, I remember uh, 1984, The or, uh, excuse me, 2007, I started with the sports commission in January of 2007. And that March, we had the NHL draft. Now, the NHL had done their draft for years, like all other sports. It was a Saturday morning, round one. They'd get three rounds in on a Saturday. That year, they changed it up. They decided to have round one on Friday night, prime time, uh, with, a, with a full arena. And, and Columbus was the benefit of that. We were the very first one. So the, the, the uh, plaza around the arena district was packed. And the team representatives were walking up from the Hyatt and from the hotels and kind of winding their way through the fans into the arena. And it was a sold-out arena. And I stood there thinking, oh, my gosh, look at this. Look what our city's created. And granted, the NHL did a great job of of, of helping us with that. Um, So that was a big moment. Uh, You know, the other kind of moments that we shared at the Sports Commission were aspirational events of ours. If you remember the NHL All-Star game that we hosted, Yes, Um, we bid on it and didn't get it. And the Blue Jackets were always, of course, a big part of that. Uh, And then we got it. And then there was a work stoppage Mm -hmm. and we we had to postpone it for a year. Uh, But then when we got it in 15, uh, the the winter park that was created down at McPherson Commons, the snow slide coming down uh, Nationwide Boulevard, it it was an incredible uh, weekend of activity down there. And then, of course, the crown jewel from when I was there—something that was the most important to us—was the women's basketball final four. Yeah. Uh, hosted many regionals for, for men's basketball, um, but the women's final four is a perfect event for Columbus. It it has a core group of uh, of great fans, many that travel every year to wherever it is. We knew how welcoming and open Columbus would be as a city for, for that event. Um, we had literally two over or one overtime game and two buzzer beaters in our three games. So we had the best games ever. And, uh, it was just an incredible experience and a really fulfilling experience for so many people that work in sports and tourism, uh, in central Ohio.
0: Yeah, they did. And I didn't get to the women's. Um, I know I went to, Gosh, I think it was the first round when Carolina played here. I'm kind of a Carolina fan, as you know. Of course you are. um, (laughs) I got to see, I was very blessed to get some tickets, and uh, the arena was great. Everything was well done. It was in and out. And that's the thing is you're not log jamming traffic. I mean, my son and I went, and we had a great time. And and it was just, even on a summer night to go see the Clippers, uh, you know, Diamond Dog Night, those kind of things, in and out easy, great access to the freeways. You're not stuck in traffic, and parking is always uh, pretty achievable pretty much anywhere you go. So just just a great town. It really is. And, and so I appreciate your kind of behind the curtain view of, of what's happened over the years. But um, let's really talk to where you are now because transitions happen and you and I are both <laughs> in those transitions now. And, um, and that's where I think we connected a few weeks ago. And I really wanted to get you on to talk about what you're doing now. You said you are working with a couple former Buckeyes, but what do what, what you guys do? And, and um, let's talk about that.
1: Well, it's really a great story um you know ryan miller played for the buckeyes in the late 90s played in that great rose bowl uh win over arizona state and uh so i first met ryan when he came to work with us at bns radio and television in the uh in the early 2000s uh, uh he did that for a while it's fun as that is to go to a bunch of games and everything and talk about him uh, you know he he was looking for more and uh, decided to get his mba went to the Fisher School of Business to get his MBA and was um, in the same class as a woman named Megan McCabe. Now, Megan played women's basketball for Ohio State, mm-hmm. so she was a Buckeye athlete as well. And not only were they in the same class, they, they did a bunch of projects together uh, as part of their work. And they started kind of drifting together to say, you know, we, we kind of have the same philosophies. We kind of have the same way of looking at things. And before they ever, before they even got their degree, they decided, hey, let's get our, let's get our degrees. Let's get together and form a business and, and create a marketing company. So 17 years ago, they took their two names and created M2 Marketing and started out being a full service marketing agency. So we can do just about any marketing that someone, uh, some business might need. Uh, But really what we've kind of, uh, of uh, 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 matriculated to here in, in 2000 uh, or, or in you know, 2021 is really the creation of digital platforms and websites. We can still do brochures and business cards and those kinds of things that the companies need, but boy, with digital technology, not as many people are printing brochures and and things to physically hand out. Yeah. Um, so really, the forte of what we do is uh, creating websites. So. Taking someone who's a perhaps a new startup business, they need a very good uh, uh, upfront uh, area on the web so that potential customers can find them and see them and see their capabilities. Whether that's someone who's had a website for a number of years, wants to take advantage of newer technology, upgrade their look, upgrade what they're doing. It might be a company that uh, a year ago, their, their website was great, but guess what? Now in COVID with different ways people are, are experiencing things, purchasing things. Um, maybe they need now to upgrade. Maybe they never accepted payments before on their website. Yeah. Uh, maybe they didn't have a virtual tour or, or, or Zoom meetings type things. Um, so a- as technology changes, as the world changes, the, the needs of business change. And the beautiful thing about the technology is it just keeps getting getting better and uh, you can really get creative. And And we have on our staff, a, a bunch of t- talented, creative uh, designers and and developers. Now, the funny thing is, I started here November thirtieth. Um, there are many of them I've never seen before, other than in a Zoom meeting. Uh, wow. they, they, I, I'm in the office every day, and, and as a as an older salesperson, I I have I enjoy being in the office. I and I'm here every day. They all work remotely because everything they do is on their computers and mm-hmm. and, and on our systems. So. I look for the day when uh, we can all have a staff meeting together and all be in the same place Um, um, because I can already tell the culture that Megan and Ryan have created here. We, we've already, we did some fun things over the holidays and and I can tell the camaraderie of these, uh, these developers, Uh, you you know, we have a kind of a internal chat channel where they talk to each other and I'm linked into that. So I'm amazingly mainly, you know, observing it right now um and and they've got again great relationships great culture um so, so really my role is to uh, call on business and and see how we can help people um, do their business more efficiently and solve uh solve problems of that, that a business might have
0: have you found that a lot of companies and it's unfortunate but yet you know probably fortunate for you guys is are a lot of companies outsourcing those those type of things now that COVID is here? As you said, uh, companies are getting smaller. They're being more remote. They're looking for ways to cut corners, cut costs. Um, have you found that people are, are outsourcing a bit to, to you know to places like you, or are they still holding true to to full staff? I would imagine it's probably getting
1: outsourced. I think the outsourcing started probably before COVID in yeah. that. Um, most people, when you're looking at their website or a digital platform, it's not something they do uh, every month or even every year. Uh, you do need, to, depending upon the business, of course, you do need to kind of keep abreast of things and, and keep an eye on things if you have a lot of traffic. But um, so do you, do you hire a person and have them sit on your staff, sit in your office, and they're ready to for something when it goes wrong or they're ready to uh, react to a challenge that you might have? Or do you hire a company like ours who, uh, we have a team of people that can kind of serve that same purpose, only they're not sitting in your office and you're not paying them every day. Yeah. Um, so, so really, again, it, I think it was pre-COVID, the fact that uh, uh, some businesses, many businesses went to that model as opposed to trying to hire all those people and have them on staff. Uh, yeah. And so that's really how we see ourselves as an extension of uh, our clients' uh, marketing staff. Uh, to, to help them uh, continue to run their business and be creative and, and, and reach people the way they want to reach them.
0: Have you found that you all um, and do you all get into the social media aspect at all? Or is it primarily the website?
1: No, we do. So we have all different levels of service. Um, and, and when when it comes to social media, there are so many levels that, that you can yes. engage with. Um, yeah. We don't do the highest, most active SEO. We do some SEO, But uh, some companies are looking for some very advanced, uh, which becomes very expensive search engine optimization. Um, So we don't do the upper sides of that. We do kind of a minimal SEO. But we certainly work with our clients on uh, social media. We can provide a a template if you want to send out a note about, let's say you're an insurance company and you want to send out a note about auto insurance. Well, we could create a a real beautiful template uh, that we would send you the, the, the company has a, a person, a marketing person there. They drop in the terminology, the verbiage, and then they email it out or, or post it um, on their channels. And uh, our clients have found that that's a great way to uh, to, to reach out. And uh, you pop it on LinkedIn, and people see it. People comment on it, and all of a sudden, it turns into engagement.
0: That's great. The do do you all monitor social media accounts, or do you even get do you get that into it, or is it more of a here's here's your website, here's your social media, and then you kind of let the company run with it a little bit and then stay there as support? Or do you actually have people in almost like an embedded, (laughs) somebody, because we all know with social media, you got to monitor it constantly as a business because somebody may react or something could go viral that's good or bad and all those things. Do you all get that ingrained in it? Or do you just stay more as that supportive
1: side? For most of our clients, we just stay as a supportive side. We provide them with not only the tools, but sometimes the ideas uh, to, to to take their message and 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 to push it out um, we will be as involved as they want us to be. But most folks uh, use utilize us for uh, you know for the for the, the the images, the graphics, the tools. Perhaps maybe a plan. You know, we work with a lot of our clients on a on a plan, a year plan, a six month plan. We yeah. check in with them to see how things are going. If they need to t- you know tinker with that plan in terms of how they. Uh, how they announce different things sometimes it, it's a calendar thing they've got a an anniversary coming up or a big sale coming up um so it, it really is client by client but uh we don't have anyone sitting watching social media 24 7 to 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 you know react to when one of our clients has something posted No.
0: yeah and then it sounds like it's it's very uh consultative but at the same time is it do you find that um, you are sitting down with someone and, and just listening or, or looking at their business and then, you know, basically consulting with them to say, here's what we see for you? Or do you find that people come to you and say, help, <laughs> you know, we don't have a first clue or here's, or maybe there's a third bucket that says, um, we know what we want. We just don't have the people to do it. Is it a little bit of each one?
1: It, it sure is because some people, um, they don't know what they want because they really don't know what's out there. They don't know that they're missing some, some unique technology. Um, others, uh, I had a a, a prospect talk to me a couple of weeks ago. He said, I know what I want. It's just hard for me to explain it to you. And it's hard for me to put it, uh, you know, to put it down. Um, so we ask a lot of questions like in a great, in any great sales opportunity, you you just ask a lot of questions about things that, that are points of pain for them, things that, uh, that, that they would like to do. Uh, we always like to ask them, uh, boy, have you seen any websites that you really, really like just to give us an idea of the kinds of things they like. I think, uh, Aaron, one of the biggest, uh, uh things that we can do to assist business is solve problems. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Um, uh, the Boren brothers who uh, played football at Ohio state. And if mm-hmm. you drive around town, you see their name on dumpsters. Mm-hmm. They have a company that, uh, is trash removal and they have dumpsters all over. We have one right out here in our parking lot. They also have a, 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 a lawn mowing company called grass groomers. And part of that is a snow removal company. Yep. And they came to M two before I was here with some challenges on the snow removal side. Um, for their snow removal, they hire a lot of subcontractors. So a subcontractor will get a call. He'll go to a, they'll go to a parking lot. They'll plow, they'll drop salt, whatever they need to do. They'll go back to their, to their garage. They'll write up a, they'll write up a report or maybe an invoice. Uh, They may, it may sit on the, it may sit on their dashboard for a week and then they give it to their manager and he may compile them all. And then, you know, three weeks after the guy plowed the plowed the lot, Maybe that uh, that that gets turned into uh, to the Born Brothers as an invoice. Well, um, that that process was a little clunky for them, so they came to us and said, "How can how can we work on a solution?" So mm-hmm. we created a web platform for them, whereas their, um, their their management can look at a computer screen at any time and they can see all their lots that they have contracted. They can understand the weather locate the weather predictions at each one of those lots. Wow, um, when it snows. They call their subcontractors, they send them out. The subcontractor uses their phone and logs into the system, uh, documents how much time it took, how much product they used. When they're done, they hit send. On the map, it automatically turns green, meaning it's done. It automatically uploads into the invoicing system so that uh, that company, that subcontractor then automatically invoices the Bourne brothers for that work and it's really streamlined the process things aren't falling through the cracks things are done so much more quickly hmm. so it's, it's those kind of business solutions that i always like to use as an example because people say well i have a good website or or right. we don't we don't need anything updated on our website well there's a lot more uh, opportunity with digital technology than just the, the the pretty website that you have and the way that people can reach you it, it, if you've got a a, a a real challenge in your business uh, there's a, electronically and digitally, there's a lot of ways to, to help address that.
0: Yeah, there are solutions. It's a matter of knowing the right people or how to get to them. And um, it, there's if there's one thing that's really worth the investment, it's technology, because yes. we're all so immersed in it. So like if your website's not mobile at this at, at yet, then please hear my voice and give Brian a call because yes. you really got to get... I mean, you know, I know I look at my stats, not I don't live by my stats for just this even small podcaster. I've done I've had a blog for 10, 15 years Um, looking at those stats. I'm shocked. Like you're talking 60 to 70 percent of people that visit your website are mobile. Like if, if you're still if you're still running a website and it's not mobile. But you hear my voice, know this, you gotta, like, you gotta understand your audience. Your audience is not looking at a computer to look at your website. It's, and we, I think we all think we sit around scrolling websites now, like we used to, they're on their phone. And if that thing's not friendly on their phone, You're really missing a huge opportunity. So I'm sure you guys see that. I'm I'm preaching to the choir. I'm sure. Um, But those are that's to your point. There's technology out there that we just you really need to sit down with someone that really knows because it's worth that investment. The return is ironically enough. um, (laughs) We had someone. uh, one of the guys from Born Brothers, not, it wasn't one of the Born Brothers. It was a, a representative for them, came in just the other day. I think it was last week or the week before, and he was asking about plowing our lot. So, yeah, and go. he gave me, now, I don't know if you all made his, uh, their handouts, but they were gorgeous. They were, they were very well done. Um, a lot of detail to them. I
1: mean, the, the handout he left us was fantastic, but. Um, I will admit, I don't know if we did those.
0: Well, if you did, they were amazing. And if not, then shout out to whoever did them because they really did a nice job. But um yeah. I, you know, we, we have to do that as a business. You got to be on top of it because it, it, it changes so fast. So to have a partner that can do that for you, it's worth your time and investment. No doubt. I can't imagine without, without
1: it, it really is. So I, I learned once I got here, I learned that that's called being responsive. Yeah. So your website, older websites were built for a computer right? and then tablets came on board and then mobile phones came on board, all different screen sizes. And so the newest technology, and it's not that new, but uh, it makes that responsive, so no matter what you're looking at, it you you see the full site uh, and and able to take advantage of all all your entire website, no matter what platform you're on.
0: And that's a great point because they are there. There's all three screens that people are looking at. The mass majority are looking at their phone, but there are still people that look at computer or they look at their phone and then go to their computer or their tablet. As you said, there's it's got to be it's got to be there. So. Um, very good that you all can help with those things. What's the best way for anyone listening to this? What's the best way to, uh, to reach out to
1: you? Well, I think the first thing would be to go to M2, and that's the letter M, the number two, m2marketing.com. You can see there a, a, a listing of our portfolio of companies that we've worked with in the past. We've done websites for, for the Memorial Tournament, for the Arnold Classic, for Roosters, for uh, M3S Sports and, and, and all the races that they do, Kaiser Consulting. Uh, I can't list them all because there's so many and they're yeah. all in diverse, uh, different business categories, but uh, it, it'll really give you a good look at the kinds of folks that we work with and then a real-time link to their website so that you can see the actual work that we've done. Uh, my, my email here is Tim at m2marketing.com so very easy Tim at m2marketing.com and my direct phone number 614-397-5470 and uh again i've only been here since uh, november 30th i've been drinking through a fire hose learning uh, about <laughs> this bet. business uh but i've been in sales my whole life so i really love in, 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 engaging with people and interacting with people and uh We'd love to talk to anybody that, that has any questions about uh, what can or can't be done or, or, or anything uh, it's just all a process we want to we want to do things the way our clients would like to see them done we want to create web platforms and, and digital platforms uh, that that help them do business uh, more successfully and, and and more easily
0: and I will have all those things in the link is there a Twitter account for m2
1: there is a Twitter account. I think there is. There was actually like
0: two of them. And I want to make sure I get the right one if I post it, but everything will be in my blog post when I, you know, put it up.
1: I am uh, at Brian J. Tim. Yep. So I'm there as well as on LinkedIn. So (laughs) uh, for so many places you can find everybody today. I really, I really enjoy that part of, of our technology world today. Mm -hmm. I, I stay in touch with friends of mine from, elementary school, high school, college, pirates, different jobs. Uh, sometimes you don't always talk to them, but you can always kind of take a look and see what they're doing and period pe- yeah. on them. And uh, um, I really enjoy that.
0: And I would say, um, you know, I think one thing that I'm sure you're, you're tapping into and some, the very reason that we're on today, you and I met and, you know, create a relationship. And I think uh, we are both in sales and have, sounds like been in that majority of our life, different titles, different roles, but at the end of the day, it's about relationship building. And it's, and it sounds like you're really using that tapping into your experience. This is a pivot. It sounds like, but at the same time, it's a pivot, but it's not because you're still building relationships. And I think that you do that and the rest will take care of itself. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. I had a mentor, a mentor once tell me early, uh, that if you can sell, you can accomplish anything because Mm -hmm. there are so many parts of the sales process that really, uh, help you, uh, in life. Um, again, I was that salesperson that would look away when they were looking to, to, for somebody to volunteer to speak. And now I go to networking events and I attend as many events as I can and, and just love meeting people and, and hearing their stories. Uh, what, what's amazing to me is, uh, the, 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 really few levels of separation between all of us, the fact right. that, uh, Aaron, I met Aaron and then, uh, um, I, you know, John Cangelosi comes into that meeting and I, I, kn- I knew John in the eighties and now yeah. Aaron and I know John. And, uh, and so there's just so many, uh, different levels of, uh, relationships that way from, uh, from not only people, but from places where you've been, uh, our, our uh, alumni group at Ohio university is a very tight knit group, uh, uh, always looking out for each other, always, uh. Uh, you know, helping each other, cheering each other on, and and uh, it's a big group now. Uh, the program started in 1967, so it's been a, uh, uh, it's a big group, but uh, again, I just love the sales process. I love yeah. to interact with people. Um, I love to, to hear new stories and find out how people are doing things, and this position now is, uh, I'll, I'll say that I'm working in sports because I'm working for two former athletes, but yeah. uh, maybe the first job that's not directly in sports, but hey, I can call on all these sporting companies, sports teams, sports companies to right. uh, do some digital stuff for them. So, uh, uh, but, but I love just being in the people business.
0: And you've built many bridges over the years, uh, my friend, and, and uh, this is one, um, you know, that we, we've had the opportunity to, get to know each other, and that's a bridge, and you never know when, when you may need to recross that bridge for something else, new opportunity. As you said, we're all like you know, I know it's six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but I think we're maybe two. Uh, it's been amazing for in this podcast that I've found that like, I'm about two to three people away from the person that I really want to. So I have a little list that I'm keeping, you know, and I'm amazed at how I reach out to somebody and they're like, Oh yeah, I know that guy. Or I know that I know that person, or I know somebody that knows that it's incredible. And so I think relationships are everything and I'm thankful for our relationship, but, uh, um, so I'll get all the links in the post and, and, um, you know, I recommend anybody. So last question on that uh, with M2, do you have to be in Columbus? Because I don't don't know where,
1: you know, digital technology is digital. It's everywhere. Um, uh, Before, before Ryan and Megan started their company or shortly after they started it, Ryan's wife is a doctor. She was at Duke Medical Center and they lived in Raleigh. And so they, they, we have some clients from North Carolina Um, because we love the relationship part of the business. We love to sit down and talk to people face to face and, Sometimes that's a little more difficult when when a business is in another state. Yeah, uh, but it certainly can be done. But uh, yeah, with digital, it can it can happen anywhere.
0: Okay, so so they don't have to be local. This isn't just a, a local Columbus business. And I won't hold Duke against her. I promise, I won't. I've there never met her, so I can't I can't do that because um, I don't know her. If I did, then we could talk, and and I could maybe talk her into something else. But anyway, okay. So uh, all right, you ready for some rapid fire? Sure. Okay. Favorite athlete you've ever worked with?
1: Favorite athlete I've ever worked with. I would say Clark Kellogg. Yes. He's a, he's a real gem. And, and, and uh, I've always said that in this community, we have Clark Kellogg and Archie Griffin, and uh, they are two of the absolute nicest people that you and me and anybody will meet because they'll stop and talk to anybody and uh, I've been around a lot of athletes and they are two of a kind. So really the two of them, but, but Clark is really special.
0: Agreed. I've, I've, I met him the day we were out there and I actually have the picture of Kanji, um, who's, I, I don't know. And I don't want to, I don't want to insult him by giving his height, but he's five something. Right. Yes. And Clark is not Clark is six, six, nine, six, 10 is nine, Yeah. So it it's it's one of the funniest pictures ever because they are like father son picture. It's really I mean it's really funny. But uh, no, I, that's the only time I've ever met him. But he seems like an incredibly genuine and uh, just just the kind of guy you see on TV is exactly what he is in person. It seemed like.
1: Here's a little tidbit on Clark Kellogg. Of course, he loves the golf. Yes, he puts one handed. Wow. He holds his putter in one hand, swings it like a pendulum, and he's he's pretty accurate.
0: Yes unbelievable I, I have enough time with two
1: so, so the
0: uh the other thing I would say you mentioned Archie and not to uh I I was uh, we had Bo do us um do the uh what do you call him the the Columbus Dispatch uh, Sports Awards and okay. he was the keynote speaker and so we were in this little room I mean it was a it was I don't know 10 by 10 it was a backstage kind of room and at some point Archie came in and, and I've, I've told this story on the podcast before, but I was sitting in this room and it was never, it's unforgettable because I was literally sitting between Bo and Archie. And I'm like, what am I doing here right now? This is unbelievable. And a friend of mine, I text a friend of mine and I wish I could have done like a little, you know, selfie. So he could have seen, and he said, you should, you should have um, take a picture and then post that there's three Heisman in this picture. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was. So, yeah, no, that was, that was amazing. But Archie was, uh, as you said, very genuine, just an incredible, incredible guy to be around, just even for the few minutes I was with him.
1: Well, you know, Aaron, I have a picture behind me of me and there's five Heisman's there. There you go. So Troy, Troy and Eddie Hop and Archie. Uh, we did an event and I had the opportunity to get a picture with the four of them. So
0: there you go. Perfect. Perfect segue. And I didn't even, I couldn't even tell what was behind you. So perfect segue. All right. Um, Favorite Pirates memory?
1: My favorite Pirates memory, and I should know the year, but we broke the all-time single season attendance record. Probably was 90, uh, no, it was probably 87 or 88. Uh, Back in the day, when I first got to the Pirates, we were terrible. Someone once called the ticket office, said he wanted a seat uh, it, the fourth or fifth row behind first base because he wanted to catch one of Dale Barra's errant throws from shortstop <laughs> to first base. Um, so along comes Sid Thrift, our general manager, who was a character in his own right. right. And he started molding the team. And that's when we got guys like uh, Andy Van Slyke and Mike Levyar and, and Jay Bell and Doug Dravick And uh, uh, we we were really good and that's of course when Jim Leland jo- joined our club and uh for a couple of years we battled the Mets for the division title we uh, while I was there we never beat them not good and strawberry and all those but uh one year we broke the all-time attendance record and as a salesperson in the course of a baseball season uh to get to the end and to feel that it was very it was very rewarding
0: was were Bonds and Bonilla there too
1: Bonds and Benilla were there so uh uh they were both. Okay. But, uh, everything you've heard about Barry bonds, you can, you can mark it down.
0: Okay. Um, I was going to say, I'm not going to ask any questions because that may be one of those pass. Uh, we have an underwritten rule. Anytime you, you don't want to say something, you just say pass. So that that's probably a pass. I'll take that as a pass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Did Leland smoke in the dugout? He did. Yeah. Yes. So those are my favorite is Leland smoking in the dugout.
1: <laughs> that's great. And I'm telling you, Jim Leland is, is one of the finest people that I know, uh, Awesome. Any manager in that scenario that cries, cries with and for his team, uh, mm-hmm. I've seen it many times, whether it's uh, the Pirates or the, or the Mariners or the Tigers, uh, he, he's a great man.
0: Yeah. All right. So transitioning. Well, first of all, I was at Three Rivers Stadium for a Promise Keepers event one time and it was in the middle of summer and and we were on the turf. It was like being in a frying pan. It we I've never been more sunburned in my life. How hot? does it get on that turf? I mean, we're talking old school turf. Now we're not talking the nice stuff. Oh, was, exactly.
1: No, it, it, it gets hot. So we, we, uh, us in the front office, we played in a softball league mm-hmm. and it was a league made up mainly of media. It was radio stations, TV stations. Everyone had to have a home field. So most people had a, a kind of a park that somebody lived near or something. Well, our home field was three rivers. And so you scheduled a home and home with every team. Well, the, everybody wanted to play at three rivers. So We played all of our games there. We played right behind first base. We used the first baseline as our first baseline. We rolled a fire hose out (laughs) all the way out to center field to create a third baseline and played softball uh, all summer long when the team was on the road uh, and and had a great time. And yeah, there were some really hot days down there on the turf.
0: So hot. I mean, it's uh, maybe one of the, the, the hottest I've ever been, maybe sitting in that stadium for hours on a metal chair it was like a. it was horrible it was miserable especially afterwards because i was so sunburned um all right uh and i saw you at a buckeye game i don't get to too many of them i think i've been to two in my entire life because went in rome and thank you know someone gave me the ticket so i was very thankful for that uh it rained like crazy that day i think it was unlv possibly is maybe who we went to see i can't remember but anyway favorite buckeye memory and this is probably a tough one there's probably a million
1: there really are um and so i'll kind of highlight two so uh the first one was the Ohio State Notre game, Notre Dame football game in 1995. Um, it was such a big game. Uh, even even today, we, you know, we just don't play Notre Dame that often. It had been since 1936, we played them and this was 1995. Uh, we had big plans uh, to entertain clients and things. And uh, my wife went into what we thought was labor the night before the game. We didn't know what labor was. We hadn't had a child before.
0: Yeah. So uh,
1: I actually went to the game uh, without a cell phone back in those days. And about every 15 minutes I'd run to a payphone and ask her how she was doing. Um, so before you think of me as a bad father, my daughter was born just past midnight, Sunday night. There so it go. wasn't eminent on Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, so that, that game itself, um, and the scenario with, with my family made it very memorable, but probably the most was the, uh, was the national title game in, in, in Arizona to, uh, to have the kind of season that we had. And, and again, as a salesperson in that scenario, mm-hmm. you do better when the team wins. Uh, yeah. I was actually a guest of Jack Park and his home for the Illinois game that year. Wow. It was the first overtime game in the history of Ohio State football, and I was so excited about where this team was going, and again, the, the revenue that we could make from being in the postseason, and when we went into overtime, Jack looked at me, and he asked me if I was okay, because I guess I was white as a ghost, um, <laughs> and I, I felt that same way in the national title game when uh, we went to overtime with Miami. Yes, uh, but to, to come out on top and win that, uh, I was with a couple of my coworkers who actually were Ohio State grads, mm-hmm. and uh, they had gone even longer than I had as a fan to not win a title. It was very uh, exciting, uh, emotional, and uh, really a, a great moment.
0: I imagine that is. I again, I'm not. I wouldn't call myself a Buckeye fan. I. I but, you know, we had just moved down to Columbus. Um, we we had only been here a year or two, uh, but the game was on. And so it was, you know, I watch, I'm a sports fan, I should say. And I, and I like Jim Trestle a lot. And that's probably a whole nother podcast for us to talk about. But, uh, and I liked Claret and I've met Maurice and and uh, he's a great guy. He really is. I, I, I he He's a great guy. I hope he comes on one day. I've invited him a couple of times. Uh, Craig Krenzel is going to be on. We have to reschedule, but. Um, both great guys. And, and I, anyway, I, so I was kind of attached to the team in those ways and that game was insane. And I kept my wife fell asleep on the couch and I kept wanting to wake her up because I'm like, this is ridiculous. This game is crazy. What is happening. And, you know, obviously Maurice um, you know, the, the interception and Maurice taking it away and just, just what an incredible, incredible, I have chills thinking about it. And I'm not a, I'm not, as I said, I'm not a huge Buckeye fan, but I still have chills thinking about it. It was a great game. It was a fantastic, it was for any fan of sport, unless you're Miami fan, probably it was an, amazing, you know, penalties are not penalties, all that kind of stuff. It had it all. It had all the drama. It was a beautiful, uh, beautiful really game. Just a great game. Yep. Great choice. Okay. Uh, you're off the hook. I'm not going to ask you. Anymore, so, all right. Oh, well, I hope anybody listening to this knows that uh, first of all, Brian's just a great guy. Um, I'm, I'm thankful for our friendship, um, wealth of knowledge, wealth of experience, and now is in a new opportunity that that is needed. It's needed in today's world um, for companies as we constantly evolve. Shoot, the platform we're we're on right now, a year ago, none of us have ever heard of. Exactly. And here we are. my
1: first Zoom call a year ago. I didn't know what I was doing. I I couldn't believe I was... Of course, my, my, my wife and daughters have iPhones. I still have a Samsung. So they've always had FaceTime, but right. Zoom is a little different than FaceTime. So the first time I was on a Zoom call, I I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I, it became easy, and now it's just second nature.
0: Yep, and and as a business, you've got to be on top of that. And so you guys have eyes and ears on that. You're you're ready for whatever's tomorrow and next. Um, so anybody hearing this, you know, please reach out to Brian. Uh, just so do you guys. So let's just say that. Let's just say I'm I'm toying with the idea of doing something. Is that a call that you would receive and just, you know, you guys just sit down and and consult and say, here's what we see. Is that something that you would do?
1: I would first and foremost, I would love to schedule a meeting, whether it's a meeting like this or whether I could come out to your business with a mask and sit socially distant apart and talk about uh, what you're thinking and and, and talk about uh, your points of pain and talk about maybe uh, things, the websites that you've seen that you really that you really like. And, and so really just ask a bunch of questions and get to understand uh, what your needs might be. Bring those back here, share them with my team, kind of create some solutions. And then it becomes just a, a back and forth uh, uh, way to to solve that problem. So we'll take a proposal and, some, and the client will say, oh, that's almost there, we'll bring it back, we'll redo it, we'll start working on it uh, until we, uh, you know get an outline and then we'll we'll do an agreement and uh, and get started uh, the, the some of the, the process to create a brand new website can take anywhere from 3 to 5 months based on uh, different factors in, involved in the process so it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a big investment it's a big investment of time and, and and capital and but as you've already said it's it's the most important thing for a business today right. is is to be visible and to be able to be connected by your customers
0: and the value the return on that investment is huge it's it's and sometimes it's not seen in dollars because we don't see it um and maybe i'm speaking out of school but we don't where you do see it is in the statistics as i said if you have this old website that doesn't look good on a phone you don't understand again there's not a quote unquote dollar figure attached to that but there's a dollar figure attached to that because if i don't like your website i'm not going to come to your business i'm just not i if i can go to somebody else that's got what i needed when i needed i mean we we are we are um, so conditioned and so in many ways, spoiled. I want to click on an app. I want to click on a site. I want to go to a site on a page. I want to click a QR code. I want easy, even when I go to a restaurant in a COVID world now, you're going to scan a QR code. You're not even going to get a menu anymore. You're going to scan a QR code. It's right there on your phone. And if your restaurant's still handing out a 20 page menu, you're behind, you're missing it. So anyway, I'm, I'm probably preaching to the choir, but um, definitely worth the call. Anybody listening to this, definitely give Brian a call no matter where you are, it sounds like no matter where you are in the country, I don't know how far this thing extends or reaches, but, um, definitely worth the call just if nothing else, make a new friend because he's a great guy. <laughs>
1: well, so, thank you so much for that. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, wish you the best and everything. I know we're going to talk again, cause I think we have some other things to talk about in the future, but definitely. Um, I'm thankful for your time, thankful for your friendship, and I wish you the best in everything you do.
1: Well, I really appreciate that. I, I have that same, uh, uh, appreciation for for our friendship, and uh, as you said, uh, things change. We make pivots, but the, the friendships are always there. And uh, I know we'll be talking real soon. So uh, thanks for the opportunity to spend some time with you today.
0: Thanks, Brian. And I'll have this uh, have this up for you. And um, hopefully, you get a lot of phone calls. Hopefully, your phone is ringing off the hook.
1: <laughs> I would love it. All
0: right. Take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you. brian
1: All right. right. Bye.